there's the self trying to get there's the self trying to get to a, a destination you arrive there not via it yeah and the arrival takes no time because you're you're already right where you were attempting to arrive at yeah you don't need this and that and this and that to be joyous relief from this and that and this and that is more open to joy than having all those things yeah because you a lot of times what you own owns you in a sense yeah? so so the selfing not admitting not admitting that sort of defeat it goes around and when the sense of joy arises by its absence it it arises and claims it and says i'm the one who's feeling joy which is then you start worrying will i be feeling joy in a minute from now you know what i mean the selfing shits on that immediately so first is it's the failed system and then the main mechanism of the failed system is to claim everything and it will even claim its own absence yeah so when self is is as a as a functioning is absent in your life let's say you're doing something you really love like surfing or something like that and, and when you're totally engaged in something the selfing isn't being produced yeah so it's absent and that's usually the most joyous time you're having yet it will arise and claim to be the one who's surfing and then its agenda totally changes where at one moment you're in the water just enjoying the rides the next moment when the selfing claims it you're hoping someone saw you catch that big wave yeah it's a whole different agenda now as soon as the selfing claims it yeah so the selfing will claim its own absence and call it an experience it just had it's insane yeah so the selfing promotes itself as what's going to navigate you to where you need to be to get this and get that and when you get this and this and everything lines up you'll translate into being okay which it doesn't do in a lot of cases anyway and then when it fails it usually will blame other things and then you'll stop blaming an aspect of self which is an object to the selfing like selfing will entertain a self but it will objectify it and then you'll be wanting to try to you'll be trying to get out of that self that self that's been ruining my life but you'll be trying to get out of that self as a self yeah the selfing will objectify it and say that's it that's the problem but what's recognizing the problem is the problem because you're in the state of selfing at that moment the mind is identified as being a long lasting independent separate entity that's finally come to the true culprit which is what it calls self well let's say some people call it ego which is a little different but even when they call it ego there's a it's usually preceded by my ego what is it that has an ego what is it that has claimed an ego that's the selfing that's the real the real bondage is yes so people say i have an ego my my ego as if you own it you know is being unruly today you don't see the my is pointing not at the ego but at this claimer or the owner of the ego which is the sense of being a self because if you remember the first movement of selfing is to claim that's what it does yeah whatever conscious contact brings about and brings up to your mental attention the selfing will claim to be the one who's seeing it or feeling it or tasting it or touching it or doing it 
Yeah, or thinking about it, yes? There'll be a sense of claiming that will will given will attribute everything that's going on that you actually have nothing to do with as a self to the self. So now you're the seer, and then you have opinions about what you saw or, or what you should have been seeing, yes? You're the hearer, and now you have opinions about, oh, I didn't want to hear that, but you already heard it, yeah? You come after the conscious contact, but the assumption when it arises is that you're before the conscious contact, that you're the one that's conscious, that selfing, but the selfing comes after the conscious contact. So you feel something, then there's a reaction. I don't want to feel that, but you already felt it. Yeah? See, the feeling comes first, and then there's a reaction. But the reactions presumes that you could have stopped that feeling. See, if you were only better than you are, you wouldn't have felt that or something. It tries to put you as the cause, yeah, and, the, and gives you the ability that you could have preempted it. So you know how bad you are to keep feeling like that? You are a freaking really bad, bad, bad person, which you can't share with anyone. You know what I mean? So you have to start lying and doing all this shit only because, but the feeling came over you first, and then the thought of you came after it. Yeah? But the thought of you says, I'm prior to it. Yeah? It's crazy. You have to see it. If you see it, it may not immediately produce a lasting effect of relief, but it will lead you to relief. It's nice to see what's going on, yeah? Because as you see what's going on, every once in a while, the emphasis will be on the seeing of what's going on. Not the seer of it. The seer is an idea. But the seeing. And that, I believe, is what you are. It's the seeing of everything else, yeah? And what can see a thing is not a thing. Yeah? Yeah? What's hearing cannot be heard. What's feeling cannot be felt. It's not, ob- it's not an object. It's not, it cannot be objectified. It's the pure subjectivity. Yeah? That every one of us is at right now. It's what's looking at this very moment out of all our seemingly different heads. Yeah? But it's the same big eye you know, moving through all these different yous and yet all these yous are afflicted with the disease of self-centeredness, so they call the you that the I is moving through me. And then me starts trying to claim the qualities of the I and say, I'm doing it, I'm hearing it, I'm da-da-da, I'm the doer, I'm the thinker, I'm the feeler, I'm the this, I'm the that. And then you suffer the consequences of that. It's too much to claim. It doesn't have a, a, a firm enough basis or a firm, firm enough foundation to allow that to settle. Its foundation is rocky to begin with because it's not so. So it's based on agitation, and all these things, after being claimed, can't really rest solidly on it. So there's always this fear that you're not going to get what you want or you're going to lose what you have or they're going to find out you don't deserve this or some other mental machination that is going on. It's like a giant three-ring circus with, like, contortionists. They're just getting into pretzel-like positions and I really want that, but I can't have it, you know, on 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 and on and on. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, that's the thing, is to keep the show going. It doesn't matter if the show sucks or where its location is. It just wants the season to continue. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? It wants the series to go on. It's like a, a lousy franchise of a bad movie to begin with, like Die Hard, you know? So now it's Die, 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 Please Die, you know? And it's, it's the ninth edition of it, with the same old actors and the same, how is he going to get out of this one? Just like he got out of this eight other times. <laughs> There's no suspense anymore. <laughs> it's the same old, same old. And you just sort of like, Sleepwalking through your life, yeah. <laughs> so, so this is like if you start seeing it, you'll have a flavor of what you really are, which isn't a thing, yeah. And a little bit of that flavor goes a long way here, you know. A little bit of the flavor of the upness goes a long way in the inness. But what happens with us because we're trying, we're, we're applying what we think is real to everything else. So, this is a real thing, and therefore all things are real. We're missing the sense of nothingness. We don't call it anything. Like, this room is filled with nothing, much more than it's filled with something. Literally, yeah? There's more nothing here than there is a something. Most of us are paying a lot of attention to the somethings in the room, and at, at the expense of the nothing. Yeah? We're not acknowledging it. So what happens is we take ourselves to be a thing, and then life gets us to a certain point where we think the only solution to this is spirituality, which is totally insane, because now you've totally objectified and, and, and conceptualized spirituality, and you think it's something that you're going to get and somehow graft onto this mental, physical hybrid called me, and you're going to become spiritual. <laughs> and now, that's going to finally make it all okay. You know what I mean? You'll get everything you wanted by not wanting it. You know what I mean? But you're really wanting not to want it to get what you want. You know? <laughs> and you just do more contortions in the little spiritual three-ring circus. You know? <laughs> the whole point is, is if you're not this, yeah, then maybe the mind will be opened up to find out what it is. And it may just find out that it's not of a thing. You know? It's in this world of thingness, but it may not be made up of a thing. It may be made up of the ofness. Like Jesus says, you know, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. It's an incredibly important distinction. We're not denying the inness of this place. Yeah? The only reason why this place seems real is because you're in it, basically. You're the only reality there is. And if you take something to be real, it can, it's going to seem to be real to you. Yeah? That's what happens. That's the power we are. But we're looking in the inness to get some of the ofness. But as soon as something is in the inness, it's been objectified. It's become a thing, either a conceptual thing, a philosophical thing, a quote-unquote spiritual thing. And yet, what we're looking for is nothingness. And the beautiful news is we're looking from it right now. What we're looking for is what we're looking from right at this moment. But the head just doesn't think so. Yeah? And considering the head has gotten most of our interest and attention, your interest and attention is not usually going to your feeling sense or your hearing sense. Your eye sense is, is used quite, quite a lot because it supports the story of the mental sense. Yeah? So many of us have been vacuumed up 
from the five senses into the one sense of mind, sensing, or hearing thoughts. Yeah? And in that mental realm, that, that moment of mentality tries to impress itself on everything by spreading out to a, a place called the past and a place toward the future, which is both imaginary. The only place you can entertain the past is now. There is no escape from what we deem now. Let's just use that word. I don't particularly like it, but let's say this present moment is where the linear gets intersected with the vertical. Timelessness, nothingness, intersects this moment of linearhood. Yeah? And now this moment of linearhood is going to be stretched into the past by thinking about what happened to you yesterday and stretched into the future, but that's all an imaginary Turkish taffy. The only thing that is going on is now, yeah? Now. And why it's, and so the vertical insertion is in every linear moment because there's no interruption in the vertical insertion because it's not of time, yeah? So it interrupts time. Yeah, it's the context of what we call time. So the timeless can always be found in whatever moment you're in, because whatever moment you're in is constrained by its limitations of now. Yeah. So you're always able, no matter what you feel like or think, you are available to know that which is always available to be known. Yeah. You can't know it the way you know things, but you can find out about it. Yeah. You can find out about it because what you're going to find out about is what you are. Not who you are. That's what you're not, you know. But what you are. So there's the vertical insertion each moment. You don't have to look up. There's no up or down. It's always available at all times. Yet, our attention and interest is distracted from that awareness by our obsession with self. Yeah? And self is, appears in time. It has to be remembered because there is no self. There is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity. There's evidence in what you call your own life when you were a baby. For a long period of time when you were born, there was no sense of self or other. Yeah? It was something that our mental state grew into. An impossibility that it started to entertain, and because it's the reality, that impossibility started to seem real to us. Yeah? It's as simple as that. It didn't just start to seem real, it started to seem real to us. Where what gives it the meaning of reality? It has no reality other than what we give it. And most of our reality is given through ignorance to things. Conceptual things, fucking mental idea things, uh, things, 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 yeah? They get distributed to things through this thing. But this thing has been given a very big meaning, and that is that it's me. Yeah? That's like its crown that separates us from all the other yous. No matter how shitty you're doing, I can say I can have an immunity to it by, this, by, the sep- by the, that separating wall of me. You know what I mean? I may feel bad for you, but hey, fuck it, really. You know, I'm going home, I'm gonna, I have my Agnadas and a movie lined up, so sorry. You know what I mean? There's not much empathy and compassion because the me separates us. We now believe that a foreign installment called selfing is so personal that no one could possibly have my thoughts. 
or my feelings or my reactions to life when they're basically a run-of-the-mill thought, a run-of-the-mill feeling, and a run-of-the-mill reaction. And you want to even close it down even more, let's take alcoholism. And alcoholism is such an obvious statement of how your thoughts aren't yours because there are, quote-unquote, a lot of alcoholics that think just like you do and feel just like you do and react to situations in life quite similar to the way you react. And they're in Bombay, they're in Malaysia, they're in Hoboken, they're here, they're there. So how the hell did they get my thoughts? You know what I mean? I didn't know I had a, I didn't know my store was open. They got my feelings and my thoughts and they've done the heinous things like I've done. And sometimes the same thing I did. Yeah? You gotta let the news break. Yeah. If someone if other people have your thoughts, they're not your thoughts. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're not your thoughts. It immediately blows the story. If other people have my thoughts, they can't be my thoughts. The whole point of it being my thought is that they're uniquely tailored from me, for me, about me. Yeah? Which is not the case. <laughs> so, what happens with a in AA was one of the biggest reliefs I got after a few months going to meetings and I was listening to people in a thick shell of terminal uniqueness and I came to that conclusion. Wait a minute. Either they got my thoughts or they can't be mine. <laughs> because I've heard over and over again in these meetings people I don't like sharing exactly the way I feel this and that. And we're laughing at the same jokes and a quote-unquote normie comes in, they're aghast. You have to see, I realize I'm not identified with who you are, but what's taking you over. Because the same thought system took me over. Which is based in self-centeredness, but it's a special subdivision called addiction alcoholism. Yeah. It's got its own little flair. <laughs> but it, it sort of attaches itself to already the foreign installment, which is called self-centeredness which again is centered on the idea that you are a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a thing. Yeah, You may have something that isn't a thing moving through you, but you're the one that's doing that no Yeah, You're the one who's seeing and feeling and tasting and touching. So a thing now becomes the owner and the king of the no-thing, and in that, it totally neuters the message of the no-thing. You make it into something that fits your frame, your idea of how life is, yeah? So now spirituality may be given one hour a week, you know? You know what I mean? You may go on like a two-day retreat that's, you know, catered by the most gourmet vegan food, and they have foot massages and massages, and you call it a retreat, you may sit for an hour meditating, and then basically you're swimming and kayaking and stuff like that, and then you get your little spiritual creds. I went on an incredible retreat this week. You know, you went on a vacation, basically. You know, and you framed it as a, it's pers- I'm pursuing my spiritual path. You, know? <laughs> you have to see how insane it is. What would be the best way to hide what's looking is by look to looking forward. You know, if you're looking for it so much, you're missing that it's what's looking. What's looking, what which you're framing looking for, that's what you're looking for. That what's looking. Yeah? 
right now. That's it. That's exactly what you're looking for with all of your incredible ancient rituals and esoteric practices. It's just basically you're going to arrive at the place you never left. You know? You may pick up a lot of ornaments and experiences and stuff. Experiences are great, but experience aren't this. Experiences are on one level, and what you are is on a totally different level. It's what's allowing all the experiences to occur, but it is not an experience. Nor can it be experienced. Because it doesn't have, it's, no, it's not a thing. It's not a quality. Yeah? You can't get it. You can't own it. Therefore, you can't achieve it, and you can't lose it. This is the freedom from the need to be liberated. When you recognize and just start entertaining that you may be what you're looking for, you'll be free from a lot, a lot of insane freaking pursuits that have, they, you, have you believe their intention is to get you somewhere, and it is, but any somewhere you get is not where you are. Yeah? You are already there. All they're trying to get somewhere is denying that. That's why they say in old Zen, they say, if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. You know what I mean? Why the hell would you want to do that? Well, basically they're saying, well, you've basically thrown out your Buddhahood onto that person, that poor person. Now you're going to say, you're going to admit that they have it in a way of denying that you are it. Yeah? So it's better to just shoot him, get him out of the way, so you'd be left with your own devices. And then they also say... You can't use the Buddha, which is a state of mind, you know, not even a state. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can do it for eons and it's not going to work. You can't use mind to seek mind. Yeah? Just like you can't use self to try to get out of self. Don't you see that would just be another form of being in self? There is no thing called self. It's an activity of a mental process. That's main drive is claiming. Yeah. So let's I'll give you a simple example. People hear this little invitation. Week or two later I get a call and they go, Man, I've been selfing all day today. That's the product of the selfing, the feeling that you're doing it. That's the dilemma. Not that selfing's going on, but you believe it's going on to you. Or it's going on from you. Either you're doing the selfing, or the selfing's doing you. That's the bondage of self, being that you. The bondage of self is the one who feels connected, and the one who feels disconnected. In the, in the opposites of connection and disconnection, there'll still be a singularity, and that singularity is false. It will be you that's connected, and then it will be you that's disconnected. And as soon as you get this this newsflash, hey, you're disconnected, it drives what? An engine to seek to get connected again. You don't see that as the slavery? So now you get connected, or what you call connected, and then the whimsical God up there says, well, you're disconnected. You know, you miss meditation this morning, you're totally disconnected, the day's going to go fucking crazy. All right, now you're seeking to get connected again. You see, you're going from one state that's not true, you're disconnected, to another state that's not true, you're connected. Yeah? You're not connected or disconnected. That you is nothing. Yeah? What you are can never be disconnected. If it was, there'd be none of this going on. This is, the, this is brought to you by us, by the reality we are. 
The reality is lending its reality to things because it's moved through this thing and some ignorance set in and it's forgot its nature, it's taken on to be this nature and it's giving everything all the meaning it has. And a lot of us are not liking it. It's making it a lot harder for us, yes? It's all right, we can feel great at 9 o'clock, but then there's 901 and 902, and 903. So it's like this demand to find an equilibrium which something that is made of two currents can never find. This is going to feel connected and disconnected. If you're identified as this, you're never going to find stable ground here in this place. There's no stable ground here. Everything is coming to go and going to come. Yes? There's no stability. You find the stability in the ofness, not in the inness. Yeah? So you, you get connected. How long does it last? And then what happens is the mind arises and says, what's going to happen if I get disconnected? I've got to get vigilant. I've got to defend myself. I've got to make sure I hold on to this connectedness. What happens? As soon as that claiming and clinging, it's, you feel disconnected. Yeah? So 901, you can be totally, incredibly happy. 902, you're flipped out. By 11, you've gone through like 800 gyrations in two hours. Yeah? I felt so close now. <laughs> it's never, it's, it's like a, one of those, you know, snowball things that's always shook up. <laughs> it's always going to be going. You know what I mean? Why does this storm end? <laughs> because it's the agitation that's causing the weather. You want it to be clear sailing, it can't just be clear sailing. The clear sailing isn't found here, it's found in the upness, yeah? It's incredible. Can you imagine? If your life would be great if it was only for one second. You could always see, I feel great. All right. All the responsibilities, all done. <laughs> I feel great. It's finished. Like, I climaxed perfectly in the one second it was. But there always seems to be another day, another this, another that. I mean, how much, how much, how much am I going to meditate? Every day. <laughs> Every day, it becomes a form of slavery. And then if you don't, you know, if you don't, I've watched it. I used to meditate every day. And if you miss the meditation, the interpretation is the day's going to go bad. You got to, so you run from lunch, you run from work, and you sit for an hour trying to catch up. Okay, now, what is, is that peace? I would say that's conditional. That's a total state of conditional peace. As long as I do this and do it more and more all the time, I'll get a little bit of peace, a modicum of peace. It's a bad deal. The payoff is getting smaller and smaller, and the cost is getting larger and larger. Yeah, the deal sours quickly. Where is their relief? Not here, and not for you. You want relief from you. You don't need any more relief for you. That's all your day is, is about getting relief for you. <laughs> it's insatiable, isn't it? When does it end? When does it give you a break? When you sleep, you're still dreaming of desire and shit. You can't get, you have one hour when the whole thing shuts off deep sleep. That's your fucking salvation. And you weren't there to recognize it. You can't even claim it because there was no you at all getting produced in that hour. And so, so, everything you're working for is found in deep sleep, but you're not there to say, hey, I have it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then another day seems to dawn, and here you go again. Get the pail, trudge to the well, get the well, all right, trudge more. Because <laughs> well, it evaporates by the time you get the glass of contentment back to the table, it's gone. It evaporates, and then you got to go back to the well, on and on and on and on and on. You don't see that as slavery? Uh, I do. Where's the break? And then you're cast as an urban renewal project, never to end. The me is going to be the supervisor of the construction site, and there's going to be fault found. <laughs> no matter how good you are, there's still going to be fault. You're still not good enough. And you're going to be ready to blow at any minute you know, from this incredible pressure of trying to make what's inherently imperfect to be perfect. Yeah? A conceptual freaking idea of perfect. It's perfect just as it is because it ain't, really. That's why it's perfect. But you're trying to make what ain't perfect. And the only perfection in what ain't is it ain't. Yeah? That's where the freedom lies. So It's good to recognize. If you recognize that the mind, instead of going down that well-worn path of, all right... I've got to do and have myself into a state of being. Yeah, that's an, a big thing. Doing and having seems to be the format. I recognize something's missing. It doesn't mean it is, but I think it is. And therefore, I need to do something so I can have it. Yeah? And then I can be something. Yeah? If I do enough and have enough, I'll be something. I'll be the man I was hoping to be, or be the spiritual giant I wanted, or whatever it is. But it's usually... It's usually at an end of a process called doing and having, where you're going to be cast as the doer, you're going to be cast as the haver, and then let's say if God's the goal, it's not going to be like Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. From your view, to know God is to become a knower of God. Once again, the emphasis is on you. You're now the knower of God. And I can't believe no one's recognizing how much I know God. That's <laughs> moment. I want to be recognized for as a knower of God. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you see, maybe doing and having will get you a sandwich, or doing and having will get you clothes out of your closet, or doing and having will get you a job, but you can't do and have yourself into a, 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 like a state of being, because you are already the state of being. The state of being is being dominated by a mental state. That's what we're in. We're in a domination of everything by a mental state. Yeah? This, this moment of now, this now, has been obscured by there and then. The mental state resides yesterday and tomorrow. That's why it values those things more. Why? Because the sense of self has to be produced, and it's produced by remembering you in the past as a body, and it's produced by worrying about you in the future as a body. Both are forms of remembering self now. Yeah? So the mind is pretty much obsessed with you. You yesterday, three years ago, four years ago, 30 years ago. And very rarely will be you ever obsessed about anyone else other than maybe your kids. Yeah? This way. And you're worrying about or concerned about how you're going to be as a body eight years from now. And all that's fine as a, as a, in the planning of things in time. But it has another agenda. It's overdoing it. It seems like you're over... You know, like when you, in AA, they go, all right, you take action, and then you've done enough, and you put the ball down, yeah? So I did everything I could do, and then you stop. 
But do you ever feel that with thinking? Do you ever just, I've thought enough, and then it stops? No. The thinking goes on and on and on and on and on. Even if you go, okay, I've thought enough, and you stop for like two seconds, and then it comes in the side door. But, on and on and on and on and on. Because its other agenda you may not be aware of is to produce the sense of self. See? If the sense of self isn't produced, you won't have the feeling of being Paul. You'll have the feeling of being. Yeah? The feeling of being will dominate. And then the interpretation of the feeling of being as Paul will be stopped because there won't be any remembrance of self. It happens when you're doing something you love or you have a traumatic event. Whatever. Something, you'll, you'll be slapped into the moment and the self can't gather it. Like I hit my head in the water once and my nervous system shut down. And so my brain shut down and it couldn't produce self, the sense of self. So I was just in this, this experience and it was all framed in golden light. And I was just in the water. There was no Paul or anything. It was just, you know, beingness. And then the body started to try to kick back up, and then the sense of self arose, and I was laying on the beach after they cut my wetsuit off, and the first thing the sense of self says, I can't pay for the ambulance. <laughs> it, just was, it, it was totally soaked in fear, its first statement. And you see the essence of it. Yeah? It wasn't concerning, well, I, hey, I may, be, I may have a broken neck, I may be paralyzed, it could kill us. I can't afford the ambulance. That's what I was concerned about. You've got to see it, man. I mean, do you want that to be the guide and navigator of one's life? You know, the orator, the, 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 the beta, the decider of one's life? No. It's a fucking bad, 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 bad regime to be under. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to diminish what seems to be cool and good, and it's going to elongate the possibility of something being bad forever. You know what I mean? So you're feeling great. How long does it take for you to get suspicious? And when are they going to find out I don't deserve this? So they're going to ask me to leave. She's going to realize I'm an asshole or whatever. Yeah? But you have a little feeling that you don't feel well, then the mind goes, it's a lifelong depression. This is the big healing. I knew it. This is the big one. <laughs> that's not a random, that's a basic theme. Minimize, elongate, enlarge, Negativities, the quote-unquote, minimize positivity. You want to live under that? Jesus, you'll be, you'll be begging for crumbs after a few years. All your dreams, like what happened with me, I, got, I was a young kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist. After four years of active alcoholism, my idea of success was not to be arrested. <laughs> it went from this, I'll be diving and studying, oh, I just don't want to get arrested today, this week. I mean, Jesus Christ, my dreams got so freaking downsized. You know what I mean? Unbelievably. And then you become a beggar here when you're the richest person there is, yeah? You're begging for approval and for attention and all this other stuff. You're begging, begging, begging. You're begging for your own forgiveness, which will not be given. You've already been convicted, convicted in the court of mind, yeah? You're just living out your sentence, basically. The only place that's going to be pardoned is not in the court of mind. You're never going to get probation or parole. You've got to let it go to the court of life. Because in the court of light, there was nothing to be forgiven. 
The forgiveness is prior to any action or any thought or any thing you've ever done or not done. That's where the solution always lies prior to whatever the problem seems to be. It's never after. Yeah? It's prior to the problem. Therefore, it's not like solution, problem, then solution leads to another problem, solution. But solution prior to the problem cuts that whole little engagement. Yeah? The solution tells you in very, very clear view the problem is imaginary. And as soon as that dawns on you, there's no need for a solution. The solution did its job, which is just the point to the problem as being imaginary. So there's no need for a solution. That's the solution. Yeah? Yeah. It's beautiful, clean, doesn't take any time. And listen, it doesn't matter if it withstands time or not. This is a damn good, like, northern star to navigate towards. Get some fucking ideas that, that hope that are that have weight and, and based on principle and revelation and realization. They don't come and go like fashion. They're not circumstantial or situational. So the mind can always go back to what's always there. And after a while it gets very familiar and it stops leaving as much. It stays longer and longer. And then it realizes it has enough to participate in the day and still rest in that space. Yeah. So now you start feeling a presence that you weren't feeling before. You start sensing, like when you come in a room, you sense the space of the room, along with who's in it and the things and the temperature. You see, you see like the space. You start picking up sounds you weren't picking up before. Stuff starts to happen, yeah? You're now centered, but not self-centered, yeah? yeah. So, that's it for tonight. If I said any more, it'd be like beating a dead horse, you know? This is an invitation, a message. If you overdo it, you may miss it. You don't need tons of it. You know? All you need is it to be repeated a lot. Yes? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Repetition is helpful. Just use. Use what, uh, let's say, inoculates us with the poison to lead us to the antidote. Yeah? Repetition is how you believe you're a fucking loser, let's say. Because the head's been telling it to you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And maybe, just maybe, I found a couple of people outside who had an authoritarian position you like to say it a few times too. And then it would do the rest. See, your mother was right. We're using repetition just as an antidote. Yeah, That's why we have two meetings a week. Tons of content on the website for free. Yeah, Just let yourself become familiar with it. Listen to it. More and more will be revealed. It's a powerful message. It doesn't matter who it's coming through. It's not the messenger. It's the message. Yeah, and the message is, you are it. Yes, you are it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm it to you. It really doesn't. Yeah. You're it to you. That's what matters. Yeah. The certainty is already there. It's just not becoming obvious, let's say, yet. Yeah. Yeah. We sit here in the certainty because a few of us come in there, in here with it, and we know beyond knowing that it's so. So that gives a powerful, like, attraction to that sense of something in the room when a talk's going on. Yeah? That's the real message, that energy, that sense of presence. Yeah? It's closer to than your breath. It's really what you are. So, yeah. You got plenty of time. Do you know how much did I speak? Forty minutes or so? Thirty minutes? Whatever. 
That's enough, right? We want more. If you would have come from, let's say, Vallejo, I would have spoke longer. Because anyone who comes here from Vallejo, I have a lot of respect for.